0: I pledge myself to the pod, loyal I'll always be, a P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Welcome back to An Omnia Paradis. I'm Jay, like the letter.
1: And I'm Angela, also known as AVO. Oh, this is going to be a really interesting day.
0: (laughs) Two in the afternoon. You should understand how this works. And this is like episode... 500 million.
1: This is still only the second episode that we've ever done together in the same room.
0: That's actually false because we did three episodes in that day. So it's actually our fourth recording. It's just like when you have triplets, you still have three children. You just go through at, w- at one point in time.
1: Got it. So we've only given birth once check
0: sure we'll go with that
1: well listeners you may not know because our special guest today has been very quiet so far but for our greek life series we have the one the only ryan who actually i've come to find out today does not want to be known as ryan anymore he wants to be brian Which was definitely not what he said when we started this podcast, but okay.
2: Hi, happy to be here.
0: Which one is his real name? Because I feel like people might be a bit confused the way you just introduced that.
1: So his real name is Brian. Brian, would you like to confirm this?
2: Yes, uh, my name is in fact uh, Brian and not Ryan.
1: Also, I just feel like one other point of clarification we might need to make here just for those people who listen who know Brian in real life. This is definitely not his real-life voice. What's, go- what's going on there, dude? What?
2: <laughs> I, I am very confused.
1: You definitely, Your voice definitely sounds like a little bit deeper. You're like, hello, I'm Brian. <laughs> no, I think
0: that's just you, Angela. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't, I don't I think so. I feel like I'm speaking the
2: normal way, <laughs> the way I usually do.
1: All right, everyone. Apparently, I just woke up wrong
0: today. It might be because you're more even... Ear to speaking, Brian is not six foot as we originally thought and confirmed on my birthday. Even in shoes, he is not six foot, but we're just so short we thought. But because of this setting where there are mics that need to be in vocal range of everyone, Angela has to be closer to his head. So maybe she's just not used to hearing his voice at range.
1: I mean, maybe. Also, as I'm thinking about it, we've probably only ever spoken on the phone a handful of times. So I feel like that's the only time, Other time I would have heard your voice like this.
2: Yeah, that's that's true. That's a fair assessment. It's normally everything's done through text messages.
1: And just moving along from the awkwardness that I've created today, as I mentioned earlier, Brian is here as part of our Greek life series. So, Brian. Oh God, saying your name sounds so weird.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Take it back a step for the people.
1: How do you know Brian? Like, how do I know Brian specifically, or is this an I, like a Queen's we kind of situation? I mean, do you think we know him in vastly different ways? I mean, (laughs) you you never know with us. So, um, we we kind of went to school together. We technically went to school together. We went to the same school, just in different years. Not me. Yes, except for Jay, the baby of the bunch.
2: Yeah, because, uh, I'm pretty sure by the time Jay started college, I had- just graduated
1: so yeah listeners that's that's how we know brian he's here to talk about his greek life experience at our shared alma mater and yeah first
0: question for you hold on hold on no 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 as now the two previous guests we've had on this podcast megan and Allie, were friends with him and therefore when they picked us up as littles we became friends with him you did not just meet him because we went to the same school in Greek life. I could pull up a bunch of composites of boys who were in fraternities during our time who you would not know. Okay,
1: fine. Fair. In that respect, I know nothing about Brian from Greek life or because the first time that I ever actually hung out with you in an intentional space where we were meant to be together was for brunch after we had both graduated from college. That's that's how I know Brian. Um, if you listen back to a few podcasts ago, I talk about how I actually first... Knew him as Ryan because I totally misheard his name on the phone. So that was very fitting for the start of this joke on the podcast. Jay knows him more in part because of our bigs, because you guys actually hung out a few times in college.
0: I mean, yeah, but I don't think like extensively more than you. My big, as we mentioned in her episode, was dating someone in a fraternity. And Brian Ryan was in that fraternity, so therefore I would hang out and see him at things. Because definitely at our campus, I don't know at every campus but I feel like this is a big fraternity thing. The dudes just come around longer. You're, you're on the spot there now.
1: I, uh, you were hanging out at college after you graduated. Yeah,
2: for sure. Um, I mean, I was working on campus at the time. So, you know, I saw friends who were actives and uh, still people who were in college. I came around a little bit.
0: And always with a delightful party beverage of some sort. One of our first concerts, I remember, Brian so generously brought what was supposed to be watermelon-soaked vodka, or, yeah, watermelon-infused vodka. The ratio was a tad bit off, which, as we'll get into this, I'm assuming, we'll kind of talk about as, like, a theme with Brian and beverages. Uh,
2: Yeah, I definitely remember uh, that specific beverage you're talking about. It was not very uh, enjoyable, to say the least.
0: But did you finish it?
2: Definitely did not finish it did not turn out the way I expected it to.
0: It's okay. He's redeemed himself since. And now getting back to my Rory Gilmore
1: journalistic fantasy, Brian, why did you join a fraternity?
2: My experience with joining a fraternity was a little different from most. I spent my first several years in college, very focused on going to medical school, um, graduate school. And uh, towards the end of my college career, I realized I hadn't, done everything I wanted to in college. My senior year, I decided to go for it, just rush a fraternity, get the most out of what remained of my college career, try something new, and I ended up rushing a fraternity because of it.
1: Wait, this was your senior year? Yes. What? How did I not know this? Jay, did you know this? Yes. I'm late to the party. Okay, so talk to us talk to us about the rush process. What is it like? Because I feel like it's vastly different from what sorority recruitment is like.
2: So in general, rushing fraternity, there's actually a lot of similarities, I feel like between rushing fraternity and and sororities, especially uh, when you go through formal rush, which we also have like sororities uh, during fall quarter, each fraternity has like a room and then um, rushes will actually come in meet people. It's like a speed dating kind of thing. You only have a certain amount of time to talk people meet people and then everyone moves on to the next room. So you get like groups of guys come in looking to learn about who you are as a fraternity. And then um, the days after that tend to be a little bit more informal, whether it's just going out to like a pizza place or um, going out to like one of the houses just to hang out and meet the the brothers of the fraternity and, and get to know them a little bit better by the end of rush you know you go in for like a, you do like a little interview everything it becomes the last day is very like formal and um uh, yeah then you find out if you uh get a bit or not from them
1: so do you get to pick the fraternity you rush or is it like after that initial first meeting speed dating kind of thing you're then invited back or out to these other events during the week
2: so with formal rush which is usually only fall quarter you're required to meet all the fraternities Mm -hmm. when you do informal rush so uh that's usually either a winter quarter or spring quarter you choose a fraternity you want to rush and then you go to their events Okay. You don't have to meet every single fraternity.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. But for formal rush, like those later events during the week, like going out and meeting at a pizza place or something like that, how do you get that invitation? Like, is it something where for sororities, like potential new members and the active members in the chapters, there's a, like a ranking system basically in which you have to vote and you say like, which ones you want to go back to? Like, how does this work for fraternities?
2: During my time, it's up to the person who's rushing's choice. If they want to go, all those, those first couple events Mm -hmm. are always open to everybody.
0: Oh, okay. Yes.
2: So you can go to as many different fraternity events as you want, or as few.
0: So being that you and angela didn't join your first year angela had met girls in sororities throughout her first year did you know guys in fraternities that made you pick the one you did or sway towards other ones originally and then when you met your bros you're like oh no this is who i want to hang out with
2: yeah so actually um having it spent already three years in college i I had already met a lot of people just in the greek system but uh when it came down to it that winter quarter when i rush so i did informal rush i look back and i people that are like kind of Stood out to me were my uh my freshman year uh I can't remember what he's called. Like a uh, the dorm uh R A. yes, RA. Uh the RA who was already in the fraternity that um, I was interested in. And a couple friends I'd made early on who rushed their freshman year. So they were my year, but they rushed their freshman year. They were also in uh, the fraternity that I was looking into. So I ended up just rushing one fraternity and it was kind of like an all or nothing thing.
0: Kind of just the way you
1: move through life.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you could say that.
1: (laughs) Do you have any particularly memorable experiences from your rush process? Legal, please.
2: Of course, I would never go anything uh, illegal during rush. Um, I I think the most impactful is probably one of the events can't remember what it was. It was a maybe we we're all watching a game or something on TV. And it was just a bunch of the fraternity brothers at a house. The Rushies came, we just hung out and talked. And it made everything feel very down to earth, real. You got to connect people on a more um, informal level rather than like a formal Rush thing. And I, I, I kind of like that. You got to like learn like who the individuals are as people rather than as a collective fraternity group.
1: Is that the moment where you were ready to trust the process?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, kind of enjoyed everyone I was with there and decided, you know, this i think i want to be a part of this and then committed to the rush process
1: jay you caught my bachelor joke right okay so now you've joined your fraternity yes um walk us through the pledge process through your experience like what do you think like 10 for 10 recommend super easy not what the myths say
2: so the pledge process definitely makes your pledge class let me uh, define to your viewers or listeners Uh, a pledge class is essentially the group of guys that are joining a fraternity at the same time there's a lot of stereotypes obviously in movies and shows and everything but i can honestly say that i got very close to those guys um i got to know them really well We're still friends to this day. I talk to most of them almost on a daily basis. Just came back from one of their bachelor parties recently. See them continue being in my life for the foreseeable future.
0: Guys, keep your not keep your heads up, but (laughs) I'm trying to be like, because he says for the foreseeable futures and like (laughs) they're they're kind of on eggshells. So like keep watch. Keep on good behavior.
1: Keep your friends close and your brothers closer.
0: As Angela and I. Have already both expressed we love our bigs so much and fond after them and wanted them. What's your big little meat cute? I guess the way we say that now.
2: It's it's definitely different than uh I, I feel like the relationship between um sorority bigs and littles. You're more just like friends. There are a lot of big little bros that aren't uh just aren't close to each other. It's it's definitely a different experience for sure.
0: Wait, so are you saying you and your big are closer than friends?
2: Um no. and <laughs> well no <laughs> Uh no, not saying that. I don't know. Maybe, huh? <laughs> but we're uh,
1: definitely sending this episode to.
2: <laughs> I um, what I'm saying is that in I find that there there's incidences where you have big bros, little bros that aren't very close. They establish that kind of like big little relationship. And then afterwards, they don't really hang out much anymore. They don't communicate after that. In my case, I'm still pretty close to my big bro. So we're still friends. He's still part of like my immediate friends group.
0: So again, what's your meat cute? How'd you meet him and woo him to be your big? So I met him
2: through the rush process one of the nights. I actually wasn't too close to him during my whole pledging process. I uh, hung out with him a couple times on a couch at uh, Letters, which is where all the Greek people hang out at our school. And uh, why he picked me up, I have no idea. You got to ask him that.
1: (laughs) But, But why did you want him to pick you up? To be honest
2: with you, I'm, it's it's not one of those things where I can really define. It just kind of happened. We just got along. And I, at the time, I didn't know who was going to be picking me up. It kind of just happened. And I think we became better friends after he picked me up rather than before. So it, it was an after process thing rather than a before.
0: That makes sense. And I think the whole bigs and whittles being friends in sorority, I think it's just that we have a larger sampling because a lot of sorority bigs and littles don't work out either. Just on our campus, I would say the sororities were at least double the largest fraternity at any given point. At least so because of that it looked like maybe some of the fraternity it was more common for the fraternity it looked like a larger amounts of bigs and littles and fraternities weren't as close than sorority girls but it just we had a larger sampling sizes and those for a i think stigmatizing wise for a big and little in a sorority to not work out than a fraternity was a much larger deal
1: i think also when it comes to bigs and littles in a sorority we really push the big little relationship like particularly during recruitment it's about sister but we also really emphasize like those extra internal relationships that we build and you can correct me if i'm wrong here but i feel like when you're rushing a fraternity brotherhood is really the emphasis like no one goes in talking about like oh yeah like i absolutely joined and stayed here because i loved my big bro and wanted him to be my big bro and i idolize him and that's something that definitely jay and i especially like personify for sorority life
2: yeah i agree i find that you're close to like a large group of guys rather than a lot of times just being close to one very close to one individual guy especially in the fraternity and i just found that there seemed there was a lot of more inter because even within like a sorority you'd have like little cliques you'd have little group pockets of friends i found that the In a fraternity because we were smaller there was a lot of intermingling between those pockets and groups of friends so you just had a lot of people to hang out with even if even even if you weren't that close to them you always had the opportunity to become closer to other and other people so it wasn't always hanging out the same person over and over again
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and then i think also just to put this in perspective for our listeners as well like like your fraternity was what like 50 people when
2: I joined I think we were like a little bit over 40 so okay. it was not as large as the sororities on campus
1: oh yeah definitely so yeah that that totally makes sense what do they do for a fraternity
0: big little week do you have a big little week or do they just do like a reveal
2: so once again this really really depends on uh the fraternity not just the fraternity, the individual chapter of the fraternity. So even though my fraternity uh, at our school did did this a specific way, if you go to another school, they might do it a completely different way, even though it's the same fraternity. So our process is completely unknown. What do you mean? I did not know when I was getting a big bro, who that big bro would be. I did not know a bit. It's completely blindsided. Wait,
1: wait. So you have no, nothing like leading up to this. No one asks you who, who you want to be your big bro. You like, do not
2: know anything. The, like, which is why so you're it was saying little... like your
1: big bro just like popped up one day and was like, yo, I'm here.
2: Basically, which is why it was a little difficult for me to answer your question earlier about how you like, I want, how, what made me want this person as my big bro? I was, it's completely almost Mm. blind.
1: Okay. All right. That makes more sense. It's
2: backpedal. It's blind to the pledges. Pledges, yes.
0: In some way, I feel like that relieves the pressure because I think new members and actives and sororities put so much pressure on it all. When everyone goes in blind, well, not everyone, but when the new members go in blind, it's not as perfect personal how good or bad the relationship is because everyone gets one and it's just the way it is rather than because we do get to choose it when someone doesn't choose you back or the big you want picks another little or something happens it feels a lot more personal than just the active members decided frankly girls are caddies so it would still get around who picked and what wanted to happen but it would be a lot less stressful for the new member side of things i think if your relationship doesn't work out it's like oh shoot like cool but then you can still bond with everyone and be friends with everyone because it's just the way the system is not this lifelong best friends forever kind of relationship that's told to you
2: yeah I, uh, I absolutely agree so um like you said it's compared to like sororities I would say the fraternity big bro is in it's like an informal relationship in a sense when I joined I was told that the role of my big bro is not necessarily like you have to be best friends with this person their role is to get me adapted to what life is like in a fraternity to understand the inner workings of a fraternity how to run a fraternity and um all the little important things but Not so much, you know, to hamper me to like, and be my best friend. I mean, and if you guys do end up best, like my, my big bro is one of my best friends. And if it happens, like that's great, but that's not the, like a requirement almost.
1: So really what you're saying is we need you to open up that fraternity group chat and text and ask why he picked you up.
2: To be fair. Yeah, he would he would probably be able to answer that question more than me.
0: As Brian puts his phone down. I mean, you've continually said, so I'll be cutting that out anyway. Were we not allowed to say? Well, we always go with if we're not, if the person has not given us active permission, we don't do it. Yes. yes. Maybe that new girlfriend would, because she's a, you still didn't answer my question. How did he reveal himself to you? Uh,
2: through an event. I can't go into more detail about that, unfortunately. It's, it's one of our like secrets. Yeah, so that's Fair. all I can give you. <laughs>
1: Fair, okay. I, I we, we will you, respect I, your ritual.
2: I, I can tell you that I he did not decorate my room with streamers and loving gifts like he the do in sororities. He didn't buy you
1: Starbucks and give you face masks? Uh, he
2: uh, did not. He did not. Obviously, he's kind of a shitty big bro. I should probably find a new one. I, I actually really liked uh, our process, the way we did things. And uh, some of it's kept the same throughout the years. Some of it changes. Some of the traditions change. Some of it's kept pretty con- pretty as. Or as- consistent as possible and for me i i liked the surprise of everything it was all part of the experience that's definitely something in the fraternity that we try to keep secret not so much that it's some crazy illegal thing but rather because you don't want to ruin the experience for the the new guys essentially
0: so when they all stole the cars together your big would be the one with the tools to help out so you could go on your car chase like fast and the furious is that how those movies work i've never seen them basically
2: uh there were no car jackings to my knowledge
1: <laughs> no no stealing paintings from the Lou. uh
2: only on wednesday
1: fair enough okay so you're through the rush process. You now have a big bro. What are Greek events life like from like a fraternity guys experience? Like how do you guys view socials?
2: Oh boy. So socials as a, as an active member in the fraternity, I'm no longer a pledge, correct?
1: Which Whichever, whichever one you want. Was the, is there a difference from like how you viewed them when you were a pledge and then when you were an active?
2: Yes. Yeah, so uh, even as an active in the fraternity, I was the social chairman, so I was a, in charge of setting up a lot of these events. And like I said pledges, their their goal is to learn about the fraternity and try to get used to it, meet everybody, like slowly become part of the brotherhood. Their job isn't really to have to set up these events to like run them but as an active member that like that kind of becomes your job so for me I set up I think for the time I was social chair I set up six socials uh, with like different sororities they were a lot of work most of the work is done by the fraternity at least on our campus Mm -hmm. during my time there we took the space for the event was something that I had to handle the type of event Depending on what type of event it was, I had to get the materials, plan out the time. Uh, and,
1: and by materials, what do you mean? Like-
2: it can be different things. For one of the sororities on our campus, it was like a book collection kind of thing. We donated to uh, a bunch of kids and we like we wrote them cards and stuff and did like some exercises and stuff for them.
1: Oh, that's like a really sweet... Social.
2: Yeah. The The story that we did it with had a... Their philanthropy had a lot to do with reading. So that's why we decided to go in that direction.
0: I remember... I don't know if this is a social chair one or two after you, but it was one of the first socials I went to with your guys' fraternity... And we got gifts on the way out. That is always really nice when that happens.
2: Uh, that must have been after me. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what the event was and what he gave you guys.
1: Bottle th- openers. Yeah, I think with with your letters on. I think it was a like a Halloween costume contest.
2: Okay. I gave I,
0: them to the
2: entire I, I have to say though that uh with the cost i've heard from different schools that like they split things even even at our school we took a the fraternities took a huge brunt of the cost for a lot of like the socials at least from what during my time as social chairman i don't know if that experience like that changed
0: that was not my experience at all if anything i knew we were getting more of the money at least for some of the bigger things but also during my times with socials some of them were a letdown to go to because it felt like there was a strong lack of communication about planning anything so it really depended on who the social chair was at the time to coordinate something fun but I felt like the budgets were pretty much split down the middle to my awareness
1: I honestly I can see it going both ways I think that it does have a lot to do with what the event is and then also, just per the realities of Greek life and specifically Greek life on our campus, I think it also has to do with the level of excitement associated between the two organizations that will be socializing together. Because I know that there's definitely one event that we had with a fraternity that neither one of us I think was really excited about and so it was incredibly low budget. I think we just ran around campus on a scavenger hunt and had to take photos on our phone of things and then it ended up being like one of the most fun socials that we had. You were there? Well, I I think we did that a few times. Oh, the one I'm thinking of specifically is the one where everyone tried to clamor for the hot team and then I ended up on the hot team. Which
0: sisters were you with? Yeah,
1: I think I was with two new members and and then i had like four members of the hosting fraternity yes everyone and for full disclosure as jay is holding this back her team actually won this social scavenger hunt yes as
0: most teams i am are
2: actually not that you guys mentioned uh, about the budget now that i'm remembering all this again one of the issues that we had is that dues were very expensive it's very expensive to be in a fraternity that's just the truth of it uh you have a lot of insurance and everything uh the cost for us you know, since we're at a university that doesn't do official housing, I believe it was it was like three, four hundred a quarter.
1: That's that's about what we paid as well. The,
2: the a giant chunk of that goes to insurance. Our insurance per person is actually like pretty high. So when it came to socials, my social budget for the entire year was, I think, like $80. I had $80 to work with. So whenever we wanted anything more than that, which I mean, $80 is like one event. Maybe like less than one event. I had to go around and collect money from the guys. So I had to individually go around and collect money. Whereas I know with sororities, it has to come directly out of the social budget. Like they don't, at least it depends on the sorority, right? I know a lot of people will like only be allowed and use it. Like they can't go around and actively collect money from like sisters for an
1: event.
0: Yeah, it depends. I know my senior year we went all inclusive. So it did do that. The other years, it was a thing of if you want to go, you have to pay, which... I see both perspectives did we have insurance
2: all Greek life has to have insurance so that's it's it's all part of your dues your yeah. due breakdown
1: yeah we definitely did but I can see from a fr- for a fraternity yours might be more expensive it's,
2: it's a lot more so and to keep more members in the fraternity because if included all that social budget stuff like a larger social budget that would increase our dues and if it increased our like like quarterly dues then we're going to be able to afford that mm-hmm. so we try to like make things a little cheaper like bare minimum in the dues so that more people could afford being in the fraternity how
1: socialist okay so when you are not acting as social chair just attending socials what do you think yay nay pass fail i think it's
2: it's what you make of it you could have an event that is not as well put together but as long as every like the type of people that are there are fun outgoing talking intermingling it can become a successful event the event itself is almost like an icebreaker Mm -hmm. in the sense and i i i personally enjoyed them i i met a lot of people through socials just a a lot of friends through socials so yeah I, i enjoyed them
0: what was your favorite social you hosted and your favorite social you ever went to
2: during my first several quarters that I was in my fraternity, we actually didn't have that many socials, if any, to be honest with you. we I think we had maybe one social during my first two quarters as in the fraternity. And when I picked up the position of social chairman, I wanted to change that. So that was my the sole reason why I actually picked up. I was like, I want to see more socials happening. These are social fraternities and sororities. There should be more. So I threw six within, I think, the span of six months, drove all my brothers absolutely insane because that's like more event, more time, more money, like everyone has to put in, even though I'm like I'm planning a lot of it. And I think my favorite event is probably we threw uh, the electric carnival was a very fun one. It was just meant to be almost like playoff of electric Daisy carnival, the EDC event, we did like neon lights, body paint, maybe um, black lights everywhere kind of looked like a mini rave.
0: Wait, but wasn't that a fundraiser for your philanthropy? not a social? Or did you do it multiple times?
2: First year that we did it was just as a social with one of the sororities, we realized that was a good event. So then the next year, we decided to reuse that same event, but instead be able to raise money for a good cause for philanthropy. First a trial thing as a social and then we uh, we grew it to something larger.
1: I feel like annual themes were really big on our campus. I
2: mean, you, you find what works. And I think you just continue it you kind of want to make it yours you kind of want to make it your own brand like certain fraternities have certain events or they'll just be associated with that specific fraternity
0: but speaking of it yes these are social organizations but ladies and gentlemen guys actually have philanthropies too they care about things without going into more detail than you're comfortable with what was your philanthropic event or events to surround your event
2: back to why i joined the specific fraternity i actually really like their philanthropic event we raise money for um uh city of hope cancer research every year it'd be quite a large sum to at least by on our our, our campus standard so it'd be anywhere between 30 grand to 40 grand one year at one point and then we had little events surrounding the big main event that just helped fundraise over and over like the entire year it was a lot of work we actually put a lot of time into each little event just to contribute to that larger sum
0: would you say most of the money raised was by organizations and by like donor sums or more from our campus community in smaller amounts
2: it changed quite a bit so we would get there, there were there were some incidences where we had large large donations actually come in. And then there were other occasions where we just were able to raise money through like a bunch of smaller, uh, almost like a crowdfunding type of situation, like a lot of um, selling smoothies or something on campus to raise money, like a bunch of those events.
1: I do have to say, if you just think about the general Greek life community on a college campus, every one of those organizations has a philanthropy that they're championing that they're raising money for throughout the year. And generally, most of the people who are attending those events and like contributing toward that fundraising process are from other greek organizations so collectively like we have a lot of money going out to some really good causes
2: absolutely i think that's one of the things i really liked about greek life it was a community that would show up contribute and help raise money for other fraternities and sororities too so it wasn't just about yourself it was about the community in general maybe uh, a sorority would come out and support one of uh, our fundraisers and we would definitely make an effort to show up and support theirs in general i think it's, it's it's supporting a good cause and it's like a ripple effect
1: did you ever participate in our organization's event
2: yeah i actually wasn't a part of the aquatic section voluntarily my uh my bros okay. grabbed me and just threw me in the pool
1: <laughs> <Got it>. <laughs> okay <laughs> i thought i thought after this we were gonna have to go searching for some secret serenade footage or something like that
2: no 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 i uh, i did donate quite a bit fundraising games that were played during the uh, aquatic
0: not to be like the social justice warrior woke police pc person here I think it is great how much we were able to give back to organizations, but knowing that a lot of that money was circulating within the members of the organization, Greek organizations mean we had that disposable money to just give to these organizations regardless of already paying fees to be in these organizations because I think it is great that minimally I would say our campus if you added up all of the philanthropies not just IFC and Panhellenic did but all of them at least six figures worth of income but knowing that's coming from students and all of us have that just to give to each other like oh yeah you came to our event so I put like five dollars in your jar or I'll buy a shirt or I'll do that we're circulating that money around ourselves and keeping it and again it's going to great causes but also enforces that you need that extra funding because like I don't think you would ever get any direct comments but it was definitely a thing for us we had jars to put like we talked about penny wars it definitely be a thing of like everyone would just reach into their pockets and had a few bucks that they knew they didn't need for food or for books or that their financial aid check came like that they could every time they walked by throw in a few dollars and if it was another organization you would just pull out what you had and everyone always had money. Yeah
2: I think that's um that's a great point.
0: So we talked about experiences in college, experience getting into your fetus stages, into your early parental experiences with your mentor, a.k.a. your big bro, and then you graduate and... You stayed around campus, so you said, you work, so you got a little extra time. And I think probably joining as a senior, that was nice because, sorry, Angela, you didn't get the four-year traditional experience, but because you stayed, you got to have a little time on the other end, which must have been nice. What's your relationship like with your bros to this day? Before you answer that question, normalize
1: making Greek life not a four-year experience.
2: Some of the guys I've kind of lost touch with side of social media, Uh, but there's a good group of 12, 13, 14 guys that I'm like best friends with to this very day. And I think that's a that's a huge part of there's a I, I think that's, you know, a huge part of Greek life is the after college experience. So it's not just bonding and being friends with these guys during your time in college, but afterwards.
1: It's not just four years it's for life no I think that's really great like frankly in our similar experience relationships have really grown and strengthened and sometimes you even connect with people that you really didn't speak with during your collegiate Greek life who then become a bigger part of your life after that
2: yeah because I I think what Greek life really is when what it really boils down to is the people obviously and after college those people don't have to go away you can still still be around them be friends with them keep in touch with them the experience can continue
1: you and some of your brothers you take like an annual trip together right
2: yeah we uh it started off as uh, one of us getting married, uh, started off as a bachelor party. And then every year around the same date, uh, since then, we we try to take an annual trip together. Yeah, it has been fun since.
0: I like that. Jay, why don't we do anything like that? Because you always go with Megan. Fair. Very fair.
2: It's, uh, it's easy. Just uh, You guys just need to start a big group chat. And keep that group chat active.
0: No more group
1: chats. Yes. Oh, all of you listeners who have heard my group chat rants and about the facetious jackass who repeatedly puts me in group chats. That's Brian. Yeah, more group chats the more fun. No. One-on-one communication. I don't understand what's so difficult about that. It's more intentional.
0: I very much disagree. We could do a whole episode on this. I very much disagree on Angela's stance. Sure, can they be overused? But I feel like her level of frustration with them, like, I don't understand. Again, her feelings are valid. But like, I just mute a group chat if it's going off too much. And I read the part I want to read. And I only consider myself liable for the part I do read.
1: See, I understand that. And I do acknowledge that it is one of my irrational pet peeves. However, I'm one of those people who, regardless of whether I'm hearing the chime, getting like the pop-up notification, seeing the banners, like whatever, as long as I see the little red dot that says that I have an unread message somewhere, that gets me. I feel like I have to open it. And then when I continually just see it pop up, and then particularly with, I think that new Instagram update where you need to scroll through the entire chat intentionally, otherwise, like it'll continue to mark it as unread. That's incredibly annoying, for me at least, but I
0: stand by it. Yeah, I haven't had those notifications on in years. I should probably unmute before I start talking again. Crazy thought. But Angela, as two semi-mature adults, we can agree to disagree on group chats, but they have one very important function, making plans. Plans such as fraternity formals, as we've already discussed multiple times, which happened in Vegas, second home.
2: Yeah, I used to be quite a bit of a Vegas connoisseur during uh, my time in college and uh, time after college, too.
1: So how many weekends in a row did you go?
2: Uh, I 17. I made 17 trips to Vegas in one year at a point. Yeah, it's uh it's a little excessive.
1: So at what point did your rooms start getting comp?
2: Oh, uh, it happened here and there, but I started making a lot of those Vegas connections and important Vegas connections uh probably <laughs> after my four fourth or fifth trip.
1: All right. So so really quick before we go back into frat formal life, what what are some of those important Vegas connections?
2: Uh, it's good to know like people who are, you know, promoters in clubs, people. People work at uh, work at hotels they can always give you good rates and extra benefits
0: a few members of the Corleone family you're looking at me like I would get that reference
2: prints at all by the way just <laughs> <laughs> I just said maybe because that was the most <laughs> in the middle answer I could uh, give.
1: this is what happens when you sit with people who can't make it through one movie
0: at least I have streaming services our friend Brian over here does not have a Netflix a Hulu Disney Plus, HBO Max, Showtime, E, AMC, any sort of TV and or video format he does not use. He'll occasionally use YouTube and video games but he does not stream anything. Which is completely wild to us because we have all of them.
2: Yeah, I might be the sole person in the, in the world that does not have Netflix.
0: I know Ali Wong didn't either and it's because she didn't want to pay for it after having
1: two Netflix specials. <laughs> that totally makes sense. Like at that point if you're in a Netflix, like especially an original project, to a original. original projects. They should be giving you free streaming for life.
2: Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a sponsorship, essentially. Yeah, to be fair, I think I don't think it's even like a payment thing for me. I I actually I've had access to Disney Plus for the last three weeks. I've watched one movie on it. What movie? Uh, Black Widow.
1: Wait, so you paid extra to watch Black Widow? With Disney premiere.
2: So what happened was this, one of my relatives, their company had like a little outing thing where they all streamed Black Widow together and watched it together. So the company paid for all their Disney Plus access. I'll pay for each individual Black Widow. I, I was given access to it. So yeah, I watched it. And that's all I've used Disney Plus for. Same thing with like HBO Max. I got HBO Max to watch uh, Kong vs. Godzilla. And... Of all the
1: things to watch, you got HBO Max specifically for Kong vs. Godzilla. Yeah, Fight Night. I mean, I guess that's better than watching that Logan Paul fight. I'm very
0: proud of you for having that reference.
1: Thank you. I actually honestly only know it because someone I was talking to on Bumble brought it up. Do you like them? No, that was the only conversation
0: we had. Good. If you hear anything of the Paul brothers, unmatch them immediately. That's insurrectionist in the making. Oh, yep. Swipe left. Brian has a thing with connections. He gets free streaming services. He gets free things in Vegas. What's a beginner's guide to Las Vegas? Since Angela's a bit of a connoisseur herself, but compared to you, she's still on like level four out of like, King of Vegas almost should be getting sponsored by Vegas at some point.
2: To be honest with you, uh, there's different ways to go about it. I know people who they gamble a lot in Vegas, and then they get a lot of free stuff because they gamble a lot. I'm not much of a gambling person. So for a while, I was enjoying nightclubs a lot, whole Vegas party atmosphere. To be fair, it's 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 a lot of taking care of people. So tipping people well, getting people to recognize your name to know you and you just develop relationships with people. So they're good like life skills to have in general. Yeah, so essentially, I I would say it's a it's a form of networking. It's essentially a form of networking in in Los Angeles.
1: So did these start with fraternity formal? Or did you build on top of these after formal trips to Vegas? Uh,
2: Are you talking about my connections in Vegas?
1: I guess kind of just Vegas all around. Like, what was your what was your first introduction to Vegas?
2: Beyond the 17 times I've gone, I've gone to Vegas way more. I would guess the number to be closer to over my lifetime, maybe like 40 trips to Vegas.
1: Oh, okay. So first trip in college with your fraternity members.
2: Oof, that's hard. I I don't even know where to begin with that. I actually don't know if it was a fraternity formal event or if it was just a trip I decided to do. Can't exactly remember. Yeah, I mean that's 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 hard to pinpoint when you've gone to Vegas so many times are in you, such a you, short period.
1: Are you pulling a what's what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas on us?
2: Uh no no I legitimately cannot remember. Some of those trips are you know they like blend together after a while. I can't. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to. me to pinpoint like the start I'd have to like go through photos
1: I'll run through some questions I'm gonna try to jog your memory here sure your very first fraternity formal event Yes. It was in Vegas, correct? Yes. Who did you go with? Did you take anyone?
2: Yes, I, I took a date.
1: Mm-hmm. What What was that like? Did you know this person?
2: I knew this person a little bit. It wasn't someone I was super, like super familiar with. Yeah, but she was one of my friend's friends. So
1: I know we talked about this in another episode, but it felt like the majority of the times that we were thinking about attending fraternity formal, it was always as some sort of setup with someone that we didn't necessarily know that we had either just met or would be meeting when we got to Vegas because a friend of a friend was setting us up because someone needed a date.
2: Yeah, I mean, that happens. There are people that, you know, have dates, they know who they want to take, they have a plan planner reset, and there's people who don't have a plan.
1: From your perspective, what's it what's it like from from the side of a setup?
2: I'm going to answer that question in a in a bit. I, I want to actually go back a little further back about the finding a date thing. Okay connected to something else we talked about, which is social events. Uh, we have an, a formal event coming up people like will usually push to have more social events leading up to that formal event. So mm-hmm. you can meet people you can figure out if there's somebody you want to take.
1: Okay, so it's like the more like organic
0: way of like trying to set yourself up.
2: Yeah, you're giving yourself the most opportunity to succeed.
0: Wow, that trip would have been such a great benefit of being social chaired, being like, Oh, crap, we have an event, I just need to start scheduling up an event with every fraternity to matchmake myself and the sisters I'm close to that would have been genius. I never thought of it that way. But that definitely did happen around times when events would be going on where the organizations would all start meeting up and doing more for either setups or to help find dates that definitely was a thing should have taken more advantage of that.
2: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's definitely strategic. It's it's done purposely. Definitely when I was social sure, that was something I had to keep in mind. I had to try and make sure that we had events leading up to small events, small social events leading up to like a big event, and that people took advantage and actually attended those events. So that was a that's a huge, that's a huge part.
1: So if you are a person who's set up with someone that you don't know as well, or if you're seeking out someone who you want to get to know better, do you have any advice for them? at the actual event
2: go up and talk to that person
1: <laughs> so simple so direct
2: absolutely but that's me um go up and talk to that person it's it's not gonna just somehow organically happen if nothing is initiated whatsoever so initiate it
1: yeah angela just initiate it we don't want to talk about the times where i tried to just initiate it
2: uh this looks like an interest conversation path we're going down angela
1: is it though Have I, I don't even remember if I told this story on an earlier episode, but yeah, there was one time where I was at a fraternity event and I was talking to someone who I didn't know very well, but their organization's formal event was coming up in Vegas and we talked for maybe about 10 minutes and honestly like the conversation wasn't going well at all he'd said several passive aggressive things insulted my major implied that I was stupid for not wanting to take any math classes while in college because I I'm an English major I was actively avoiding anything mathematically related and then after that as I'm like slowly trying to like inch away from him and get out of this conversation that's going nowhere all of a he's asking what my plans are for the weekend. Have I ever been to formal? Do I want to go to formal?
0: Don't drink the water? Yes.
2: I mean, uh, aside from the lackluster conversation you had with him, technically initiating work? Technically?
0: I, I
1: mean, I mean, yeah, technically, like I walked up to someone, I started a conversation, It it happened, it led to an invitation, just not one that I was willing to accept. So Brian, <laughs> going back to what you said earlier about just initiating and being direct what further advice can you give beyond that to actually transition that invitation into a field goal touchdown score the point basket win (laughs) i
2: I mean that's just uh you you read the room i think you see if there is actually in any interest there at all and uh yeah shoot your shot
1: So what do fraternity guys generally look for for a formal date?
2: I think it's important to have someone choose someone you're like comfortable with for sure. And I I know that can kind of be hard if you're getting set up with a date. And I think that's why there are horror stories with it. Because at the same time, let's let's switch roles, right? So instead of it's a fraternity formal event, let's say I'm going to a sorority formal event. At the end of the day, it's that girl's event and her sorority, right? It's not so much about me flipping it back, a fraternity formal event, I would want to take somebody would have fun, someone who I would not have to take care of. And they're kind of like open to having a good time. It's very difficult if you take someone and you're trying to have a good time with your Friends, your brothers, Mm -hmm. just the people that are at the event. And you have someone who's like a bit of a Debbie Downer kind of thing situation, who doesn't want to do this, who doesn't want to. And it's not like, you know, big things. Maybe it's just literally just walking down the strip together, Mm -hmm. hanging out at dinner. Yeah.
1: I, I think like what you're saying is that it's most important to have someone who's interested in actively being there with you and experiencing formal they're not just there for a trip to vegas or to hang out with some other people that they know who might be going on the
0: trip because exactly they're your date
2: yeah yeah i would say that
0: so angela brought this up in another episode and i think this is the most bizarre thing ever so i want to know if you've ever had experiences with this did you or your bros give a shit about the luggage of your date and or your own luggage okay so like literally like
1: your suitcase, like what you're packing all of your clothes, toiletries, hair accessories, shoes, everything in for the weekend luggage.
2: I'm sorry. What was the question again?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have you or any of your brothers ever judged their date by the type of luggage that they brought, whether it was like a backpack, a rolling suitcase, a duffel bag, the print of it, like its general status, whatever. No,
2: it's 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 never been an like a an issue. I I, I think at the time, it's especially I think from especially being college students, I I don't think we're really judged. My at least I didn't experience any judgment or see judgment based on what you're bringing. Essentially, I've seen people bring stuff everything into a backpack i've seen people stuff everything into tote i don't think i've seen anyone put anything to to grocery bags yet but it could happen it could happen it i mean it happen. works it gets the job done
1: it does a especially of... some of those reusable grocery bags yeah yet. yeah to
2: be honest with you it's, it's it was all mostly duffel bags definitely just duffel bags on duffel bags
1: i'm not saying well okay no it was actually a particular source of anxiety for me because i I didn't necessarily like experience it in that way, but like on the car, like going to formal, like picking up the other girls. There was one who particularly made a comment about that because her date complimented her suitcase and she was like, oh, thank God. Like I picked the right one. I was so nervous. I picked the wrong one. So that was the first time that I experienced that. But I definitely thought about it too because I'm like, I'm bringing this super girly hot pink duffel bag, but like whatever, it's what I have.
2: I mean, without knowing the entire situation, of that, I could see myself complimenting someone's bag right after picking them up as kind of like an icebreaker, like make the mood less tense. Maybe Yeah, something just to start a conversation maybe. Yeah. um, But personally, I don't think I've uh, focused too much on a type of uh, luggage they're carrying.
1: And then going to formal or any other event like that. Did anyone ever make you a cooler?
2: Uh, me specifically, no. It from what I saw, it tend to be if you're like a couple. Oh,
1: gotcha. It's
2: definitely a, cu- a couple thing. So if you're a couple and you're going to their formal or something like that, they'll they might make you something. Now, that's definitely too much of commitment for people that are just, especially if you're getting set up. With a date. I'm, by the way, I'm really gl- glad we uh, clarified uh, the luggage question because that is not what I thought you guys were asking me.
1: What did you think we were?
2: Well, I confused luggage with baggage, and you asked me, "Do you care about your date's baggage?" And do you ever care about your own baggage? And I'm sitting there like, "Wow, are we really going into this?" <laughs> so my answer was about to be out there. <laughs> That's why I try to cl- like cl- like clarify with you like what you meant by it.
1: oh my god could you imagine like like going through like some sort of setup process like that like Generally, like you ask five questions, and then it's, Do you want to go to formal with me? And imagine if one of those questions was, Please unpack your childhood trauma for me
0: (laughs) to see if we can spend the weekend together. Yeah, no, I had never heard of that until Angela brought it up in another episode, apparently. But she made it sound like all guys are very aware and girls needed to be very conscious of what they were bringing because it was a point of contention and judgment from their date, which was something that was very surprising. So, you as a male in a fraternity, I thought could shed some light on if this is a universal thing or Angela's
1: observations. Of- well, no, that was just that was my real life experience in witnessing it. But I had heard from some other people before and like seen like some of those like Greek life articles and like spoken to people at other schools. So maybe it is something elsewhere. But I had heard before that like the type of luggage you bring means something.
2: I don't think I would judge someone on the type of uh, luggage they brought unless they brought way too much of it. Yeah, if they bring like, you know, two 50 pound suitcases for a three day Vegas trip weekend. I that would be a little concerning just because you can't fit everything in the car
1: yeah that makes sense and also for a listener's perspective all of this happened in what like 2015 that was a long time ago things have dramatically changed since then
2: yeah but like and uh with your that one experience too i I wonder if it's you know if the the luggage was large because i can definitely if a girl brought a giant luggage oh she brought a pretty big suitcase i could definitely look at that and like oh my god it's really big in my head and then think oh yeah nice uh nice bag by the way (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> say that almost sarcastically you know, fictitiously kind of thing
1: Yeah, see that's that's how I kind of thought of it as well because I was like oh god like I'm cramming myself into a car with like six people we're all bringing suitcases so I stuffed everything into this itty bitty tiny backpack please hold everything I need for the weekend so that no one thinks I'm obnoxiously taking up too much space in their car but yeah speaking of nothing absolutely nothing <laughs> Jay do you
0: have a favorite Brian story to tell I mean there are just so many lovely memories to choose from wait yikes i would say oh gosh there are just so many to choose from i feel like there are a few days in particular one of them was for this infamous birthday party we've spoken about in many episodes of angela's twin where brian twerked on a wall in our Big's apartment another one would probably be when my big and her now husband came up from la for their engagement and it was one of my introductions to what brunching would look like and the aftermath of brunching with brian whatever your name is brian brian
2: yes i can confirm those things
1: happened excellent response thank you brian oh you're welcome (laughs) definitely needed to unmute you for that let's see um I think my favorite Brian story is oh I think my favorite is one that you don't even remember but we talked about it yesterday um and we were at a Warriors game and we were sitting next to this like nice sweet little old couple and they were talking to you and apparently you were so interested in the game you didn't realize what they were saying but they were asking if we were a couple and at one point you just you nodded and said yes and then they started giving you relationship advice for us and you just kept nodding and agreeing and saying like yes absolutely like thank you like that's so wonderful and you are so engrossed in the game you didn't know what they were saying so and I feel like we've had a few of those moments like not necessarily like where you've accidentally confirmed who were a couple but where you've been so engrossed in other things that are happening you're just like yes like let's do it amazing and then we'll talk about it later and You're And like what happened
2: to be honest with you I'm not the best multi Tasker and um, some part of me is gonna start going on to auto response. So I, I can I can only assume that's that's what happened in those specific incidences.
1: Yeah, similarly, like your auto response to like everything that people send you on Instagram.
2: Well, I mean I I do that as a form of acknowledging that I saw what you sent me and it's also partly too because I feel like people would feel bad like you would feel bad if you send someone to some sent something to somebody and they like just didn't like it so I try to be nice and like like things it's just a nice person in me but now the secret's out so I if my likes are just um are actually genuine or if they're more so just
0: compulsory you'll never know
2: Sure. Compulsory is a nice way to put it.
0: (laughs) If you get more than three likes in a row with no messages, no, probably what you're sending isn't that good. And on that note, thank you for listening to this episode
1: of In Omnia Paratus. Don't forget to rate, download, and follow at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Also, thank you, Brian, for coming on the podcast. Normally, Angela remembers to mute herself and thank our guests as I'm trying to but apparently, I will do that. So thank you, Brian, for coming on.
2: Yeah, thanks, guys. It's uh, it's it's been it's been a fun experience.
1: As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at InOmniaPod on Instagram and let us know what you want to hear about.
2: And you can find Angela's OnlyFans
1: at. <laughs>